Welcome to About the Winelands. In this show, we will be chatting to leaders, influencers, wine producers, restaurants, and other role players. Tune in every Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday for your latest episodes. You will find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram TV, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Welcome back to About the Winelands. Today I'm talking to Kelly Zettler from um, the Thirsty Scarecrow. Welcome, Kelly. Um, how are you? Thank you all. Thank you. I'm very well um, under the circumstances. <laughs> yes. I mean, um, obviously, being in the restaurant industry, this is, and, and in the wine industry, this is difficult for you. But let's start and uh, tell us how you got involved in, in this industry. You know, how did you get involved in the wine, restaurant, hospitality industry yourself? My passion for, for the industry actually comes from my mom. Uh, as a child, our home was, you know, always filled with food, enough to feed an army. Uh, with three fridges and 17 freezers, you know, she was always well prepared. Um, I, used to, I used to watch her cook all the time and... Uh, I was never allowed to cook myself. You know, moms always say too many cooks spoil the broth. Um, and, you know, she used to complain that I made a mess. <laughs> but um, I, actually, uh, I actually first studied uh, visual communication at Stellenbosch University, um, you know, fine arts. And uh, after I graduated, like any student, I was a little bit nervous to go out into the real world. And uh, I begged my mom and dad to uh, allow me to go study at the Institute of Culinary Arts, which was actually just down the road from us at Speed. And uh, yeah, an additional two years and uh, I got my diploma in chefing. And um, shortly after graduating, uh, my dad was actually renting out the, the, the property on the farm. It, it was running as a coffee shop, but uh, the, the tenants were in arrears. And they said to me, look, now's your opportunity. You, you either do something, otherwise, you know, we're going to give the spot away. So I got thrown into the deep end, but uh, it was a good decision nonetheless. Um, so actually in 2011, thus the farmer's kitchen was born and established. And uh, shortly after that, in 2013, I started the Thirsty Scarecrow and I met my husband-to-be. Ivan and we've been running the Thirsty Scarecrow ever since. Um, you know, craft beer was was always up and coming thing, and uh, the conversation between my family basically went along the lines of, you know, let's build a craft beer pub, and the following day we were laying the foundation. I mean, it's certainly become very popular, a popular spot um, in the last few years. So yeah, we've made a good decision. Yeah, no, it's it's we've been very blessed, and it's really it's grown beyond what I ever thought it would. We started as an 80-seater restaurant and you know now we can accommodate uh, about 500 people. So you guys are on the R44 there um, at the Moiberger um, um, stall. Is, is Moiberger part of the Thirsty Scarecrow business or is it a separate business? So it's a completely separate entity. Um, although Moiberger is obviously a family farm, I am a born and bred Zettler, but I run my restaurants as a completely separate entity and I actually rent the property from my dad. 
Well, it's, it's such a history. They do. Can you tell us a little bit of the, I mean, it's always interesting to hear, you know, where you are and stuff like that. Tell us a bit of the history of Moeberger and, and what you got, what, what's been done there as well. Well, the history goes back um, quite a while. In, uh, I think it was in 1909, my great-grandfather, Mendel Zettler, um, he actually opened up a general dealer store on the corner road and he was selling fruit and veg. And, um, you know, back in the day, strawberries, they were only available three months of the year. I think the first strawberries were actually planted in 1915. And what my grandfather would do is he would actually purchase all the strawberries from the local farmers in the area and he would transport that um, via ox wagon to Paul and send, uh, and I think he got, if I remember correctly, my dad said he got a penny a pound for, for the strawberries. Wow. So <laughs> things have changed a lot, you know, and with new farming methods today, you know, we, we quite spoiled because we have strawberries eight months of the year. Um, it was in 1970 that Moiberger itself, the actual, the actual farm store was built. Um, you know, and it became very well known for its dried fruits, preserves, nuts, and local produce. And I think what Moebag is really known for today is its huge wine store, um, which stocks about over 250 estates. Um, and that was built in 2000. But during that process, it actually took 30 years for my dad to obtain the liquor license for Moebagger. Wow. Well, I tell you what, um, uh, yeah. that, that, that store is, is one of those places that I used to love to visit because you always used to find some uh, lost old bottle of wine there at a cheap price somewhere. If you, if you, if you, <laughs> did, if you I'm not sure. I've been there, actually been there for a while in, in the actual um, um, wine store. So, um, um, but I always used to find something that's hidden under a shelf at a, at a good price there. As my dad says, customers are always looking for a bargain. Oh, so this was on purpose. Hmm. So <laughs> the, the, the scarecrows that you have there is quite interesting. Tell us a little bit um, of the history of the scarecrow. And it seems, you know, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like, you know, it's become an institution on that road. Well, the, the first scarecrows were actually put up on the farm in 1968. And they've changed a lot from how we know them today. You know, the, the original scarecrows used to be the traditional uh, poplup scarecrows, uh, which was actually made by one of the ladies who worked on the farm for us, uh, Mrs. Liebenberg. And to this day, she actually, well, she's retired now, but she actually still lives on the farm. Um, so obviously the, the scarecrows were originally put up to scare the birds away because they were eating all the strawberries. And um, I don't think, I don't think we would have ever imagined that they would have become so popular over the years. But obviously, with the traditional style of scarecrows that were made from material, the costs to maintain them were quite high, you know, with the wear and tear and the buying new material every year. So it was actually my dad, uh, Dennis, who came up with the idea to make the first scrap metal um, scarecrow. And I think, I think that was put up in... 1990 or 1991 um you know he just had plenty of scrap metal lying around and he thought it was a good idea and he's he's a avid art collector and 
I don't know, he seems to come up with all these crazy and wonderful ideas. And, you know, from scarecrows that represent the big five to the soccer World Cup 2010, you know, to even our uh, controversial rugby teams with the, the bull and the zebra. Yeah. But I'm not going to say too much about the bull and the zebra. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you drive past the road, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, yes, I've been there. <laughs> You know, maybe may, maybe this year he'll he'll have uh, scarecrows. He'll release an edition with uh, with masks on. I don't know. <laughs> yes, it's actually, you know, it's it's quite a nice um, advertising um, board for actually for your for your restaurant, right? So when when visitors come to your restaurant and um, you you you've got to basically tell us your what visitors can expect. What is your theme and your um, you know what do you what do you want to the thirsty scarecrow to represent and what can visitors expect there? I think that the setting itself is very unique in the winelands. You know, you'll when you when you come to the thirsty scarecrow, you'll be greeted by quirky and colourful scarecrows. And you know, in season you'll have the most delicious strawberries bursting with flavor. You know, have do your own picking in the fields. Um, I think the unique spot really creates this perfect environment for a laid back you know, vibey atmosphere. And obviously we have the most delicious beer-based pizzas and craft beer on tap. And uh, as you sit back on the deck, you can enjoy a cocktail, a beer, or be it a glass of wine. And uh, for me, my favorite part is when the sun begins to set on the perfect day, you know, you can see the mountains and they just begin to turn this purple color and there's no other view like it. That's very, very true. And um, I mean, you guys are always full on, on those, sun, you know, those sunset evenings. So what are your times that you are actually open? We are open seven days a week. Uh, the farmer's kitchen is open from 7.30 in the morning till five in the afternoon, well, five in the afternoon. And uh, the Thirsty Scarecrow is open Mondays and Tuesdays. We open at three o'clock till closing. And uh, the rest of the week we open from 11 a.m. till closing. No, what is your, what is your closing time? Uh, kitchen closes at 10 and the bar closes around 11. Okay, so not, not too, you don't have a, a serious nightlife um, crowd. It's, it's, it's quite... No, 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 you know, being out on the farm, you know, we're not, mm. we, we're not aiming to be a Stellenbosch Joel, you know, that's not our vibe. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, understood, and um, so I understand that. And I'm um, talking about vibe. Um, do you sometimes have live music events and stuff like that? Um, we don't. We we've done a little bit of live music in the past, but it's it's not something we really do. Um, we might we might consider it in the future, but obviously we do need to adhere to um, strict regulations set down by the Stellenbosch municipality. So we just want to be in accordance with regulations. So, I mean, your interest seems to be very much in, in the craft beers. Um, where does that come from? And what can, can you tell us something interesting about the beers? You know, we have 55 taps at our establishment. Um, I actually, I don't know another, another restaurant with as many taps as us. Um, and, you know, I'm pretty sure at some point we've sold every type or style of beer there is to sell, you know, from... APAs to vit beers to gluten-free, stouts, porters, vice, saison, you name it, you know. Um, we've even had a beer 
with a 41% alcohol content, um, which sold oh, for over a thousand rand a bottle. <laughs> we actually, uh, it's very difficult to get the stock in. I think, I think within two weeks we were sold out, you know? Um, we, well, it must we be close to South Africa's most expensive beer, right? Yes, it, it, it is. I don't, I don't think it's available in the country at the moment. Um, since we got it in, we've, we had it in a few years ago and we've been struggling to get it in since. So, but you know, we, we always looking for new and exciting beers um, and always encouraging new up, upcoming breweries to, you know, to pin in a visit, come chat to us. Um, you know, we've, besides the local craft that we do, um, we've obviously got imported beers as well from all over the world, you know, Germany, Belgium, the Netherlands, Japan, UK, Spain. Um, so, so yeah, we, we big on craft. So, how, how did you um, build up this collection? I mean, it must have been quite a bit of work um, and to, 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 get, to get up to that level. Yeah, you know, we, we, started, uh, we started the business with 16 taps. And like I said, it was an 80-seater restaurant. And we, we, were, we were very blessed from the beginning. We, I still remember the first day, myself and my husband, we were standing on the side of the road, you know, we were handing out flyers, you know, we had no wow. customers. And we just, for days and, and, and weeks, you know, we had no business. And, you know, there we were at the R44 robots handing out flyers. And eventually, after a few months, it just took off and people started to hear about us, word of mouth, which I still believe is the best um, type of advertising. Absolutely. And eventually, we couldn't accommodate everyone. And uh, we decided to expand. And so over the years, the menu grew and the taps grew. And yeah, we've, we've just been so blessed. It's an awesome story. Um, we, at the moment, we're sitting with you know, a bit of a crisis with the coronavirus and everything. And obviously for a restaurant like yourself, this is a big headache. So, um, and the coronavirus are forcing everyone um, to rethink their business models. Do you have any new ideas or changes in mind? At the moment, we, we're doing what we can do. We are open for deliveries and we're selling a few grocery items. Um, I think it's, I think it's difficult to say what it might be like in a few months or next year. Um, when there are no restrictions and we can live life as normal. You know, I think it could go one of two ways. I think we could be overwhelmed with locals and tourists and see a boom in travel again, as I'm sure people are just writing off 2020. Um, or, you know, clientele will be thinking twice about where to spend their money. Um, I think for us, it's important to streamline things um, with the effects of the virus. I definitely think we will relook our beer menu and possibly cut down on line items as well as for the food. We, we, we might remove some of the menu items, but obviously keep our best sellers. And what I would like to do is I would like to expand on grocery items and offer competitive prices in the market. Um, maybe create a bit of a deli, you know, in Moy bagger. Um, I have lots of, I have lots of plans, but, uh, it's uh, getting it past the family. <laughs> I, th I think that's obviously a challenge, but I think that's a huge opportunity. I've noticed that um, right, uh, around that area and in Somerset West, there's a lot of um, local things um, um, uh, popping up online where people are, are starting to do, looking at online grocery delivery, you know, grocery deliveries at home and selling stuff online and stuff mm. like that. And it's obviously an opportunity for a, 
uh, farm in a dairy like yourself to do that. I mean, you've had an interesting um, journey and, you know, struggled to get your business off the ground. And what, what is the most important thing that you've learned from your, from your journey in this business and, you know, the whole industry? Uh, well, you know, I think the most important thing I've learned in the industry is, is to not worry about what everyone else is doing. I think it's important to concentrate on your own business and stick to what you know. Um, persistence and hard work will pay off. And it's important to always be involved in your business and don't just walk away and sit back. You know, my husband and myself, we're there every single day, you know. Um, be innovative, keep your customers interested. And one of the most important things that my husband taught me about this business is that turnover is vanity and not fine is sanity. Yeah, that is, that is a very true statement. Talking about statements and quotes, I'm going to, I mean, you're in the wineland, so you need to give us a wine quote. Or, okay, you can cheat, you can give us a beer quote. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, I, um, I like a good glass of wine as well, you know. And uh, because I'm a chef and I love food, I think uh, to conclude any good meal, you need, uh, you need dessert. And like, like my wine, I like my dessert. So for me, the sweeter, the better. Oh, there you go. Julie, this was a pleasure. If people want to get hold of you and, or, or visit you, or, or how did they get hold of you guys? Our landline number is 21 uh, obviously, during lockdown, uh, we won't be there all the time, but they can up orders to 082-549-8800. We're hoping that business returns to normal very soon. Okay, well, I'll put these numbers and any links you have in your description. But Kelly, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for talking to us. I mean, we love to talk. My, my mission is to talk to everybody in the islands over time. So it's, and I'm certainly um, going to come have a, a craft beer there at some point as, as soon as, as we have the opportunity to move around again. And um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very, very much for your time. Thank you, Will. Thank you so much. And just, uh, sorry, one last point. They can obviously also go visit our Facebook page, The Thirsty Scarecrow, and uh, we're also on Instagram uh, for any updates on the business. Perfect. Like I said, I'll put all those links in the description. So yeah, thank you very, very much, Kelly. Thank you for supporting our show. If you would like to get more exposure for your business, please have a look at our sponsorship options. Thanks again for supporting About the Winelands. Please follow us on YouTube and on our social media channels. All details and links are in the description.